thought I said it all, you know? I've been doing this long enough to know that pain could be pleasure. Everything can come to an end. But all things rise. All things return. You know? It's like the prodigal son. Prodigal. A person who spends money in a recklessly extravagant way. A person who leaves home and behaves recklessly. But later makes a repentant return. Prodigal son. Diversified, I gotta get it though by any means. I ain't just a sour when I was sleeping, I got plenty dreams. That was the trailer to 100 Grand Royce and 183rd's collaborative project, Prodigal Son, which dropped on April 24th on all digital streaming platforms. Welcome to episode 77 of We Going In Presents, where I'm joined by 100 Grand Royce to talk about his new album, Prodigal Son, and what it was like working with 183rd. We talk about what the process was like, why he's in his creative prime right now, how his output has increased since the stay-at-home orders, and much more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and go back to episode 76 if you missed it for my conversation with Team Demo and episode 74 and 75 for my conversation with DV alias Christ. And hit up the links for my books, including the Words interview series and Chopped Herring interview series. So yeah, man, 100 Grand Royce, like you were just on the show a few months ago, but when you put out great music so consistently... You know, we just have to keep on doing these interviews and talking about it. So props on the new album, Prodigal Son, that you did with 183rd. And thanks again for coming back on the show. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Glad to be here. So first things first, you know, last time we talked, you had just come from your daughter's parent-teacher conferences. And school looks a lot different now with most kids not even going to school and finishing the year. So a lot has changed since we last talked. How did everything go with school and your kids? And, you know, overall, how's your family doing? Man, once they canceled school, it was like we was all together. So, you know, we doing all right, you know, um, amongst all the crazy shit that's going on. But. You know, we just trying to stay, trying to stay as regular as possible. Like that's the only thing we can do now. You know what I mean? A little homeschooling. You know, just try to stay regular. Just try to stay normal amongst this crazy shit that's going on. For sure, and it, it looked too like you were even hitting the studio more and and more had more time to record and work on projects that you've been you know waiting to record on, or maybe just didn't always have the time to record. It looked like you had a lot more time to be creative. Yeah, yeah, I actually did get in the studio more. I actually got the, you know, some time to actually shoot a little couple more visuals. Got a couple more projects. I just got, just been able to work more consistently. Like, you know, that, that's been a blessing in disguise. But, you know, it, you know it's, it's, it's a yin and a yang to it because you also got to live life in order to get back in the studio, you know, talk about some of those experiences. So, you know, it's it's the good and the bad, it's the gift and the curse. No doubt, no, for sure. And just seeing all that from talking to other artists, it seemed like, you know, with the shutdown and, and quarantine and everything going on, some artists have basically, like, lost inspiration and stopped working on stuff, while others have kicked it into overdrive and found 
more time, more creativity. You know, what do you think it is that allowed you to find creativity in this while others may kind of fall back a little bit? Well, sometimes you got you got to have time to sit and think, like and zone on certain experiences. Like that's the one thing I've been able to do. I've been able to have time to like, you know, just go through my mind, go through my life, go through my experiences, and able to you know formulate some music that I could put together with y'all. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that that's what it's been able to do. It's been able to give me time to sit and think and actually, you know, go through some of these experiences that I had in life. So I don't, I don't know why. Other people can't can't get. I mean, I see how it's hard to not be inspired, but you know, sometimes time is all you need. Some people get to reconnect with themselves, reconnect with their experiences. For sure. And you know, as you found that, you know, you're you're reflecting and and thinking about this. Did you come to any revelations or any kind of realizations about where you wanted to take your craft or what you wanted to do? Honestly, I just feel like. The t- time just showed me that that I'm getting better, and the plans that I have for myself, you know, it's nothing really that I can stop that. You know, I-, I wanted to put out, I wanted to put out a lot more music, and I've been able to record a lot. I've been able to do the best music I've been doing since I started. So, you know, it just it just let me know that that my plans, you know, still going, still happening. And you even foreshadow that, you know, in the song Prime, where you talk about how you are in your prime. Prime is off the new album, Prodigal Son. So what do you think has allowed you to get to your prime? And what, you know, because you've been you've been working on your craft. So what makes you feel like you're in your prime now? And how did you get there? Well, basically, it's like I, I've tried everything. Like, you know, I've, I've tried every type of creativity I've produced, you know, written, I done sang, rap, every every which way, you know. I done, I done experimented with music every which way. That's what I do. Like, this, this is what I live. So I tried everything. And once I feel like I tried everything, then I can go back to what I naturally do. And then when I go back to what I naturally do, which is making them bangers and, and actually giving you bars and giving you stuff that you could contemplate on, it was like, that was easy for me. So I just tightened that up. And once I tightened that up, you know, I've been giving y'all the best music that I feel like I've made in ever. That's amazing. And when we look at the new album that you did, Prodigal Son with producer 183rd, it's a great project. How did you guys link up and make this happen? Well, 183rd, he was on my first project, No Relief. Like, he did the campaign for me. And, you know, I, I was just starting, so... You know, he pulled up for that, showed up to the video and all that, and we always just been cool since. So, you know, once I dropped Nice nice Guys Finish last in November, you know, 2020, I said my first project I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to do another tandem project with a producer that I'm, that I'm really a fan of. Like, So, you know, I, I hit 183rd earlier. We, this, was in, this was in plans for a minute. And I spoke to 183rd earlier. I'm like, yo, we got to get one of us, get a project in. And you know, once everything got got situated, we got right to it. Like if the project didn't even take that long, like we probably knocked that out in probably like a week and a half. That's crazy. So what was that process like? I mean, did you guys do a lot of back and forth through the internet just with everything going on with the social distancing and everything there? Yeah, unfortunately that's how we did it. Like we we 
you know what I mean? He sent me the pieces, and, you know, I, I locked in the studio with him, but we was on the phone constantly, like, you know what I mean? Like, he was getting the songs, like, as I was doing them, I might have laid a verse and then sent it right to him, you know, asked what he thought about it, then got right back to the studio. You know, this is all happening in real time, like, you know what I mean? So even though he wasn't there in the studio while we was recording, he was around for it because he was right on the other end of the line while them songs was getting done. That's incredible. You know, how does the process change? Because you've both worked with a lot of different artists. And, you know, you and Max Dollars have done a lot of work. We've done work. Uh, working with mm-hmm. Wendy Third, like, how does the process change from producer to producer for you? But there's a sound. Like, there's a sound. There's certain emotions that I look for in my production. And it just so happened that where I wanted to take my music after next God's finished last, I wanted... You know, I didn't want it to be so gloomy. You know, I wanted to show, you know, where I'm headed and where the music is headed in the future. And I knew 183rd was the perfect producer for that. Like, I know, I'm, I'm a fan already, so I know what kind of sound that he was going to hit me with. And it just so happened to mesh perfectly with what I was looking for. It's just, it's just my ear, my ear for talent is like, it's like one of my weird idiosyncrasies. I got a crazy ear for talent and it's like, I work with who I work with because I know what the finished product is going to sound like. Like I didn't, like I knew what what Prodigal Son was going to sound like before I even put pen to paper. So you know that's why when we spoke in the beginning, I already mapped out how the project was going to sound. That's why I knew what producer to hit and where to go. It was like I just got a weird ear like that with, with talent. And also, what I really appreciate too is that you have this sound that you have and you know with different producers the sound switches but that it never sounds like you're chasing you know the new wave or whatever sound someone else does like it always sounds like it's a sound that really fits well with you but it it doesn't sound like oh this sounds like something west side gun would definitely rap over like how do you go about picking your production to highlight your strengths instead of saying like i gotta do what you know might be popular in this circle right now well, to break it down, there's, there's a couple things when it comes down to me. One, I'm musical. Like, I, I've been listening to music all my life. So I listen to certain musical elements in music, right? And I got a distinct flow that I, that I like that, that nobody really uses like me. So I look for certain things. I look for certain things in my drums. You know what I mean? I look for a certain swing on my drums that I can get busy on, right? And then there's the mood which would be the sample or, you know, the vibe of the song. Like, you know, I always keep a mood with the music that I drop. Like, you know, no pun intended, but but I look for a certain mood in my music. And it doesn't matter who I'm working with. If they match that mood and they match, and I could tell if they listen to me or not. So the producers I work with, I know they listen to me because, you know, we mesh well when we do work. So I don't really, I don't really stray too far outside of that. I listen to the, the people that got good music. The drums got to be knocking every time. They got to have a certain swing on it. You feel me? And and we got to mesh. Like, don't, if you never listen to me, you wouldn't know what type of production to give me anyway. So I, the producers I work with, I know they listen to me. So when I, when I get music, it just, it just happens to click like that. And I don't want to sound like nobody else. I want to do better versions of the music I've been making. So you won't hear me trying to reach for nobody else's sound. You're just going to hear me trying to perfect 
which you already heard me on. And when you talk about being able to identify talent, you know, 183rd is someone that you go back with. What was it about him that caught your ear and said, this is someone with talent that I should, you know, definitely work with? It was just a beast. It was the beat. You know, at, at that time, you know, it was a couple. I was. It was just samples. Like there was these samples, and it was the. It was a certain bounce that it wasn't like boom bap. It was just a certain bounce on those samples that no other producer I ever worked with had. You know, and and it was like every time he sent me, every time we worked on something, it was like, yo, nobody's doing this. Like it's a specific sound that he's doing. And nobody else was doing like, and it was a sound that I've been looking for like, so that was just easy for me. That was easy. That's awesome. And looking at the title "Prodigal Son," what made you go with that title? And and when did you feel that way about yourself? Well, after Nice Guys finished last, and I, and I started working on "Prodigal Son," the very first beat and the first song I did for the project was number one. It was almost in chronological order. Like, like Prodigal Song was like the first beat I heard for the project and the first song I did. And the whole, the whole concept of that was Nice Guys Finished Last was, it was gloomy. Like, you know, it, it was dark. It was a dark path. Like, and Prodigal Song was like me coming out that path, that them shadows, like, to let you know I'm here. Like, you know, and I'm in my prime. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it was just continuation. Like, all I want... If this was a movie, Nice Guys Finished Last would be the explosion and Prodigal Son is me walking with the cars blowing up behind me. You feel me? I'm, and, and this is where I'm headed. And you're about to see the, the next journey, the next couple steps after that. And I feel like looking at Nice Guys Finished Last, like you were getting a lot of frustration out on that album. And this one, you you still have pockets of frustration, but overall... It seems like you're you're looking like you just said like walking away from the explosion. I see much more of like hopefulness and like looking towards the future as an artist as opposed to like looking behind you. Which is the whole story of the prodigal son. You know, the prodigal son was that's the story. You know, you you coming through some bullshit basically, and and then you walking out of that, and you and you returning to change man with with things in a better perspective. And that's almost how I feel. Like I just I just got a better perspective of life, getting a little a little better despite circumstances and and the music is reflecting that the sound is reflecting that you know and we just go continue on that path do you feel too like listeners should check out nice guys finish last before going to prodigal son and that that might make more sense for them if they hear the projects back to back nah they, they meant to stand alone they meant to stand alone you can listen to them both but when you listen just know it's progression in between those like I wasn't stagnant on one project to another. Nice guys finished last. I wanted to ball you down. I wanted to let people know that, you know, I'm one of them dudes like that, that I could stand on any stage with anybody. Nice guys, uh, and now Prodigal Son, Prodigal Son is like what I would give you on an album in a short form, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just a taste of what I would give you on an album. It's all, but it's all progression from, from one to the next. It's my life, so, you're going to hear some frustration. You're going to hear some hopefulness. You're going to hear all that in the music because this is still my life. I'm giving y'all, you know what I mean? It takes a lot to get in the studio and express all this and then present it to the public. But that's how y'all getting it, and I hope the people appreciate it. And I, and I, I dug the line, I set the price and pay for the scenery. 
on the Prodigal Son title track, you know, just looking at your independent grind and being in control of your own situation, you know, how important is that to you? That's everything to me. Being in the, that's the number one thing. My, like when I first started music, all I wanted was a studio so I could make music. Now, now that I learned to look the business a lot more, that's everything. Like you know, you you want to be you want to be independent. You want to show that you can move waves on your own. And that's all I'm doing. I'm used to this now. So, you know, I think I found a good groove. You know, my fan base is supporting me. It's getting bigger every day. I feel it and I feel the love. So it just let me know that I'm doing the right thing. No doubt. Do you find that there's any challenges in promoting Prodigal Son because of the lockdown and just because you can't get out like you normally could if we weren't in a pandemic? The only challenge is I would love to get on the road and perform this album. Right? But but actually, this project is taking off way bigger than I actually thought it was. Like, I'm getting way bigger of a response than I expected for how fast this, this project was done and out to the world. Like, I didn't, I really didn't expect what's, what's been happening. Like, the people really, really been taken to the project. So, you know, we're going to get back in and hit them with another one before, before the year's up. So... That's the point. That's awesome. And, you know, something else, I mean, you look at the title track, Prodigal Son, I mean, you're shouting out guys like Ronald Isley and Ricky Bobby, you know, in the same verse. Like, that's a pretty <laughs> a pretty big jump going from one to the other. Like, what's that stream of, like, what's that stream of consciousness kind of writing process like when you reference, you know, people from such different worlds and make it work? This, it's crazy. It's like you... I listen to, like I said, I listen to music, like, you know what I mean? And people forgot about Ronald Rousey. They don't, they don't show him no love. It just so happened that I was watching one of the videos, you know what I mean, when when he was running down on R. Kelly. You know what I mean? It's it just so, it just stuck in the back of my head. Like, yeah, Ronald Rousey, he was a boss way back. You know what I mean? He was an OG then and was still a boss. And it just, it just, I can feel like that when I get older. You know what I mean? Once I hit my 60s, I feel like Ronald Rousey. But at the same time, I'm still moving at the, I'm still moving at the speed of light right now, like Ricky Bobby. Like I'm still young, I'm still youthful. I still got my exuberance. It's still shaking bait. You know what I mean? And then when I'm older, I'll be laid up like Ronald Isley with the fam and the listeners. You know what I mean? That's what it is. But that's that's really what the thought. That's really what the thought process is in the music. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you where I am now and where I'll be. And I love that explanation. And when you're looking at a song like Pain to Pleasure, you talk about how I don't have to say my name, they already know. Do you feel like at this point, like, you know, people know who you are, you don't have to constantly reintroduce yourself. And like, while your fan base is still expanding, that you've established that fan base that knows what to expect, they appreciate what you do, and you don't have to constantly reintroduce yourself? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it, it took a while too. Like I've really been working hard, and the crazy thing is, like I've been working hard to establish my name. And now that my name is established, now I want to show them the music. Like you know what I mean? It's not. It's more than just the name. I don't care if my name was MC So and So. The music is gonna speak for that, and that's why I feel like they know my name now because they know that I've been putting on quality projects for a while now, and. It's going to continue, like, and I'm not going to introduce myself. I'm just going to keep presenting you with this music, and hopefully 
You know what I mean? They love it. But that's the plan. And, you know, the, we all have our ups and downs in the music industry, you know, with with what we do. Through through some of your downs, what kept you focused and not quitting? Because, you know, it's really hard sometimes to take a look at some of the setbacks and keep going. And yet you persevered and had a lot of great successes. Like what's kept you going and, and not quitting? Um, honestly, I've taken breaks. I've taken breaks, you know, for a while, just not, not writing and recording. I've also produced, like, you know, sometimes... You know, I'd get in there and start making beats on my own just to refresh myself. Like, you know, when I if I if I happen to get in the studio and make something, it'll make me start freestyling to some shit I just made, right? You know what I mean? So it, it always sparks something. I always do something creativity cre- creatively to spark something. Like if I'm not producing, I might be editing one of my videos, like, you know what I mean? Or I might be, you know, doing some 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 mixtape artwork. Like I'm I'm a, I'm a creative in every sense of the word. So I'm always doing something to spark my creativity. And once I feel like I've done something too much, it's time to go back to the music, then I go back to the music fully refreshed. Fully refreshed. And, and you know what I mean? Once I'm refreshed and, and that music sounded good to me, it don't matter what happens after that. Like, I'm happy with my with my final product before I present it to the world. No doubt. And, you know, our last interview, you said 2020 was going to be a big year for you with lots of projects dropping with all the producers that you work with. So mm-hmm. how are the other projects coming and what's up next? Well, what's up next? I got Rent Money dropping with A-Heart. We got that dropping. I got a, I got another project with my man, Shy. We're about to drop another EP. Me and you, we just wrapped up something. That's going to hit the email so. I really wanted to keep going. I'm gonna keep going. I, I still got a couple projects left. Me and my 83rd gonna hit it with another one at the end of the summer. This is not gonna stop. Like I said, this year was gonna be big, and I'm knee deep in the next three projects right now. So I ain't gonna stop. I'm gonna just keep putting these shits out. That's amazing. And let's not forget that you just put in a pretty nice floor. You took up the the, the old floor, the old carpet. <laughs> like that was a lot of yeah. work you did. Look good. Yeah. Yo, man, thank you, man. Thank you. That's, that's my other thing. Like I said, I'm a, I told you I'm a creative 730, so, you know, I look at things in a creative way. I got tired of looking at that floor. I wanted to spruce it up. I've been watching HGTV a lot on on them, you know what I mean, while I'm on quarantine. I said, fuck it, let's go for it. Let's try it. You know what I mean? It came out well, man. It came out well. I'm impressed with myself. No, I thought it looked great, man. I mean, you know, was – it, it couldn't have been easy though, because I've 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 helped uh, um, a guy put our floor in, and just seeing him do all he did he did the cuts. I helped. I basically did the stuff he didn't want to do. Um, he knew what he was doing. I totally didn't. So knowing how like it's not an easy job, and you know you mess up those cuts. I mean that's a that's a board that's expensive. So like, how did you how did you go about making sure that you did it right without killing yourself? Well, the one thing that they said in the beginning was get 10% extra just in case you mess up. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was good in case I messed up, but I didn't really, it was pretty easy. Like once they, once, you know, I watched a couple YouTube videos on it and once they laid out how to do it, you know, once you get three, four rows in, it's pretty easy. So once I got about three, four rows in, I knocked it out. It was really no problem. I just got too many damn cuts in my hands. And I couldn't really squat or kneel for like a week and a half, but but it came out good. 
No, I saw it on Instagram. I mean, I thought it looked great. It looked, um, you know, like the before and afters were, uh, pictures were amazing. So, do you have any other any other house projects lined up now that you know we we could be home for a while? You know, through the summer. <laughs> That's the thing. You no, know, I knocked out all my all my projects. You know, I, I just did a little kitchen backsplash. You know what I mean? Got it looking all wavy. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying to think now, sitting outside, like, what else could I do since I'm going to still be here, like, since we're still in quarantine? I don't know. I might do my whole bathroom over because I ain't got nothing else better to do until I get back in the studio, until these next batch of beats come in. Exactly. No, I mean, that's what we were talking about over here is, like, you know, you're going to run out of things to do. Like, you can only fix up so much. And, you know, you either run out of stuff to fix or you run out of money to fix it. That's, that's my problem right Facts. Now. <laughs> Facts, exactly, exactly. And I'm not trying to run out of either, so I might have to give myself a chill pill and, <laughs> you know what I mean, kick it, kick it somewhere else for a minute. So what, what, so what have you guys been doing to pass the time and really, um, you know, connect as a family and spend more time together while, you know, looking at, like, what you can do safely um, at the same time? Well, we, we try to keep things on regimen, you know, get up breakfast, school, you know what I mean? And then recess, like, go hang out in the backyard for a while. Like, you know what I mean? Run around, enjoy yourselves, come back in, you know what I mean? Eat lunch, take that. I try to keep everything on schedule, you know what I mean? And, and then, you know, hang out when we can. It's just, you know, nobody ever been through this before. So, you know, we, we planted by it just like everybody else. But just try to keep some semblance of regularity going on in life. It's the only thing you can do, like, you know, keep in touch with your peoples. No doubt. Any any recommendations for everybody out there in terms of music, um, books, Netflix, anything like that? Yo, I ain't going to lie, 730. I'm going to keep it a bear with you. You know what I've been watching? I've been watching Naked and Afraid. Like, this show is bugged out. Like, people pay, people go run in the woods butt-ass naked and try to survive for three weeks a month two months like it's the craziest shit in the world i don't know why people would consciously choose to do that but i can't stop watching it like i can't stop like these people they come in they best of friends on the first day and by the fifth day they hate each other like the shit is hilarious and it's entertaining and i can't stop watching it so go watch that and take your mind off the crazy shit that's going on imagine being butt ass snacking in the woods for 20 days with a knife and no food it'll make you feel not so bad about being quarantined in the crib you know what I mean? It's a great... I mean, is, is this not the perfect time for a show like that? This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. This has been keeping me distracted. Word it up. And another thing, you know, I, I want the people to read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's one of my favorite books. I just pulled it out the closet the other day. I'm about to spin that one more time. So, you know, I want people to grab that. And, you know, thoughts become things. <laughs> 